talked about why do you doubt? We've been in a series called The Counselor, and there, there are certain questions that Jesus asked during the Bible. In fact, Jesus asked over a hundred questions in the Bible to his disciples and to different people. And he asked Thomas specifically, why, Thomas, do you doubt? And so last week we focused on that. And, you know, Thomas wasn't there when the disciples saw Jesus the first time. And so Thomas didn't get to see Jesus. And Thomas was like, well, I'm not going to believe until I see the holes in his hands. And I see the, the scar in his side. And I can put my hand in there. And I can actually touch it. Thomas wanted first-hand knowledge. He wanted a first-hand appointment with the risen Savior. He didn't want second-hand knowledge. And we talked about how we need a first-hand experience ourselves with God through the salvation process. It's not good just to have a second-hand experience, but we need to experience Jesus for ourselves. And I talked about how I don't blame Thomas, you know. I want that first-hand experience. I can't just go off the experience my parents had. I can't go off the experience I heard my grandparents have with the Lord. I have to go off with my own personal experience. It's how my faith is built. It's how I move forward. And Jesus gave Thomas everything that he needed. And we encourage people to have faith and, and come to the altar last Sunday and have that personal experience with Jesus. We talked about, you know, the disciples were in the house. Thomas wasn't there. Thomas missed a lot when he wasn't there. He missed the presence of God. He wasn't there when Jesus showed up. He missed his presence. He, he missed the peace, be still of Jesus. And so we're continuing on with our series today. And you know, when you go to a counselor, you pay good money. Counselors, how I many you know counselors are not cheap? You walk into the counselor's office, they get about 100, 100 and some dollars an hour. Depends on how good they are. If you find one for $19.95, you might not want to go to him. And... Uh, <laughs> Sometimes in life, it's worth paying a little bit more money. You know, you get what you pay for in life. And so you go to this counselor, and you're paying him all this money, and you, you sit on the couch. I sound like I've been to one before, huh? <laughs> you, sit on, you sit on the couch, and, and, and you're sitting there, and the counselor's sitting in his chair, and you're, just, you're paying all this money, and you're like, okay, I, I need to ask you some questions. But a real good counselor doesn't let you ask a lot of questions. A real good counsel, counselor ask you questions. And so that's what we're doing in this series for the next four weeks, well, next three weeks now. We're talking about different questions that Jesus asked. And sometimes when you wrap your mind around these questions and you think about these questions and you dwell on them a little bit, sometimes they can unlock some things in your life. And so today our question is, do you believe I can do this. And that is God asking you a question. I just want you to sit in your chair for a second and, and, and wrap your mind around this question. If Jesus was standing here today and he looked at you and you had this one problem or this one thing in your life and Jesus looks at you and he says, Do you believe I can do this? That's our question for today. Let's look at Matthew 9 real quick. In Matthew 9, there's these two blind guys, and Jesus has just healed this little girl who was dead. Little girl's dead. Jesus prays for her, heals her. She gets resurrected from the dead. And as you can imagine, when you pray for somebody and they're, they're dead and they, they come back to life, 
people start talking about it. And uh, rumors start going everywhere. People are getting excited and like, who is this man? Who is this guy? And there's, there's rumors spreading all around Jerusalem. Is this our Savior? Is this the Lord that we've been promised? Has he really come to us? Is he really here? Is the king we've been waiting on, is he here? And so there's rumors spreading all across the land. And there's these two blind guys, and they hear about these rumors. Notice I didn't say they, they saw what was going on. They, they heard what was going on because they're blind. And so they heard what's going on, and, and they're hearing about all this stuff, and they're thinking, well, maybe this guy can help us. And so let's read real quick. We're going to pick up the story right here, Matthew 9, 27 through 30. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. And when he had gone into indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, Will it be done to you? And their sight was restored, and Jesus warned them sternly, sternly saying, See that no one knows about this. Be quiet. Well, we all know the story. These two guys, they can't keep their mouth shut. They go run off. They go tell everybody. You know, if I'm Jesus, I'm like, I want to take it back right now. But he don't do that. You know, once God's a good God. Once he gives you something, it's forever. He just blesses you. He gives you, you know, when he gives us salvation, it's, it's forever. When he saves us and he redeems us, it's forever. Now, sure, we can go mess up. We just say, Father, forgive us again, and it's done. Because that's the kind of dad he is. He's just, he's just a great guy. And, and the fact that we, we, we read in this passage is that they call him the son of David. This indicates that these guys believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They're, they're, they're relating and saying, we know who you are. We have faith in you. They went to Jesus knowing who he was. They went to Jesus saying, we know this is the Messiah. We have faith that he can heal us. We have faith that he can do this thing. And so they go to him. And what I love about in this verse is it says, they, they cry out to him, have mercy on us, son of David. And then Jesus just walks by him and goes inside. He said when he went indoors, he goes in, he just walks by him. And, and what do they do? They follow him. See, because their faith didn't end just because they said, Son of David, heal us right here. It, it, their faith doesn't end there. They follow him even though he doesn't answer them, even though he doesn't do it right then. Right? You ever been praying for something? It's like, I want it right now. I want it to happen right now. And but but and then we just give up. Well, God's just not going to do it. And we limit God so quick. We're so quick to say, "Well, God just don't want to do that," or "God just God just don't want me to be a part of that." And, and we blame God instead of just saying, "God, I know you're going to do it." You know what? I, I know I, I felt like I got ignored, but I'm just going to keep following you. I'm just going to keep keep going down this path with you. I'm just going to, no matter what, I know who you are. And, and I know, I know that I, I know that I know if I just keep following you, it's going to happen. That's when your faith becomes built. Faith becomes built when you don't just instantly believe it's going to happen. 
when you believe no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you pray, you know that it may not happen right this minute. It might not happen right this day, but you know it's going to happen. And I love the fact that they cried out to him. In fact, in the Greek, the word is krazo. Y'all know some krazo people? The word is krazo, to cry out with an animalistic cry. It wasn't just son of David. It was son of David. They were crying out. They meant it with every fiber that's within them. They were screaming it out. Son of David, have mercy on me. In fact, it relates, it's, it's the same word that's used in Revelation 12 when, when, when the woman's in childbirth, screaming out in agony. I don't know if you, how many of y'all have witnessed childbirth. Uh, Pastor Jen is sweet, but you put her in a childbirth situation, and she can be, her head begins to spin, you know, it's like TV. And uh, she can be mean all of a sudden, and there's this animalistic cry, you're like, wow, where did that come from? I'm getting out of the room. I'm going somewhere else. And, uh, you know, and I, I've heard this sound on three different occasions in my life, and and. The last time I heard it, she meant it when she said, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> and out came Austin. If we'd have had him first, he'd probably be our only child. <laughs> nah, he's a good boy when he's sleeping. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what it's like to be blind. But, uh, you know, the other night, a couple weeks ago, I was having a bunch of sinus drainage, a bunch of stuff going on. My head hurt. My ears hurt. My feet hurt. I just, everything about me ached. And Pastor Jen has these voodoo oils, uh, these snake oil. Tracy sells it. Uh, she must be a pretty good salesman because I got 42 flavors and varieties of this uh, coconut um, Sasquatch oil. It's uh, every flavor and variety you can think of. They call it essentials. I don't know if it's essential, but uh, I was willing to try anything. So she gives me this peppermint oil, and I dash it in my hand. She rub it together, and you breathe it in. And it's all good. I go wash my hands, you know, after I use it. I, I lay down in bed, and I'm trying to breathe again. <laughs> and I, I rub my eyes. And when I did, I'm like, ah, I'm blind. I look like a squirrel on crack running around my bedroom. I can't see. It's bad. It's real bad. Lord, help me. And I'm running around. I'm like, I'm feeling my way around. I'm trying to make it to the sink. I'm holding my eyeballs under the water. It's not helping. And, and it's just painful. And I'm like. Snake oil, I knew it. And then, uh, you know, about two years before that, she, when she got involved with this oil, a friend of hers made me this concoction when I was sick. And it was like water with all this oil floating in. She goes, drink this. I'm, I'm serious. It was like a water bottle, and it had like pins oil floating in the top of it. I had oil change that looked better one time. And... uh 
She's like, just drink this. It's going to make you feel better. Oh, well. I drank it, and my motor started running better, so I guess it worked. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, the deal is, I don't know what it's like to be blind. But for an instance, I did. And you can't see where you're going. And you're kicking stuff, and it's not fun. These guys had been raised their whole life. The only thing they could do was cry out. And they live, they live in, a, in a time and a period where if you're blind or there's something wrong with you, it was because your parents had sinned or somebody in your life had done something wrong or you'd done something wrong and you deserved it. You deserved it. So, so, so you know, they could have just said, you know what, well, I deserve this. and I, I'm not worthy of this. And, but no. They said, you know what? You're good. I know he can do it. You know, in times in our lives, we go, well, you know, I'm just not worthy. God, God really, I don't think, loves me. You know, I've just messed up too bad. I promise you, there's nothing that you've done in your life that is too bad. Jesus loves you right where you're at today. And my hope is that when we get through here today, that God can heal you. That he can touch you. That he can, he can help you right where you're at, what you're going through today. Storms of life just come up, but it's okay. God is there. So the question is, am I able to do this? And they responded, yes, Lord, we believe. And Jesus touched their eyes and he says what? According to your what? What does he say? According to your faith. Notice it wasn't according to their income. It wasn't according to their social standing. It wasn't according to what people thought of them. It wasn't according to the clothes that they wore. It wasn't, it wasn't according to what their paycheck looked like. It wasn't according to any of these things. Because to that, none of that, God matters. None of that matters to God. None of it matters to Him. The only thing that matters with God is do you have faith and are you willing to believe? That's the only thing. It doesn't matter where you came from, sweetie. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter, matter what your past looks like or it doesn't even look like what you've got planned for tomorrow morning. All that matters is can you believe that he is able to do it. That's all that matters. You know, sometimes we have to realize that true faith is what can move the heart of God. It takes true faith. Not just every day, well, you know, I think he can do it. Or, or I, I, he might can do it. And we, we have to be careful because, you know, Christians, as Christians, we can be cruel. There's people in this world that have been praying for things over and over and over again and just be believing for them. And, and they're like, I, I think I have faith. I pretty much know I have faith. And I've been believing for a long time, and it, it hasn't happened yet. Look, that money Josh got in the mail was from a house he sold, what, four or five years ago? Eight years ago. Eight years ago. God knew he didn't need the money right then. God had put it away for him. Because he knew he was going to need it today. Sometimes we pray, well, I want it right now, and I want this right now. But God knows what's best for us. And we have to believe he's in control. And, and even if he walks right past us and he goes inside, we just still follow him. 
we still have faith to believe. There's, there's three kinds of faith that God honors. God honors faith that believes when it doesn't see. Look, these guys couldn't see Jesus. They couldn't see any of the miracles. All they went off is what they heard. They are totally blind. That's what makes this miracle so great. They can't see the little girl getting risen from the dead. They can't see none of that now. They can hear the shouts of joy. They can hear the people talking. They can hear what's going on. But they can't see it. God honors faith that believes when it doesn't see. In Hebrews 11.1 1, it says, Faith is the confidence that we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. In Matthew 9, 28, it says, When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked him, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. They replied, Yes, Lord, we believe. We can't see you. We don't know what you look like, Jesus. We don't know if you're a questionable-looking guy that looks like he just came out of a dark alley. We don't know what you look like, we don't, but we know who you are. We know what we've heard. And we believe that you are the Son of God. We believe that if we ask, we receive. We believe, we, we've heard we've heard the stories. And Jesus, we just choose to believe. It had been so easy for these guys to say, well, you know, I, I can't see him. And I'm just going to go on my everyday life. I got this stick, and it, it kind of works a little bit. And it, it works a little bit. And where's the edge of the stage? It's right there. It just, you know, they could have gone on walking around blind without being able to see a thing. They could have continued to do that with their life. They could say, well, you know, maybe, maybe it is my mom's fault. Maybe, maybe when she messed up back so-and-so, maybe, maybe it's because that's why I was born like this. Or, or, or they could have found a million excuses. You know, we find excuses on why God can't heal us. Well, you know, I can't tithe because, you know, I just, just really don't make enough. Uh, I, I can't make a relationship work because the guys I'm meeting are just the wrong guys. Or you might be looking the wrong place. Uh, well, you know, I'm just not physically able to, you know, I'm tired when I wake up on Sunday mornings. I just, I can't just make it to church every Sunday, Pastor. And, 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 the, and the, you know, and then there's the churchy answer. The churchy answer is, well, Sure, sure, I believe that he can do it, Pastor. And we all make statements like, we believe he can do it. But then we make other statements like, well, you know, all we can do now is pray. You ever heard that statement? All we can do now, Pastor, is pray. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Somebody laying on their deathbed or somebody, somebody comes up to me and says, well, Pastor, all we can do now is pray. You know, you ever listen to that statement? How do you think God perceives that statement? Well, all we can do now is pray. Ever thought of it? God's saying, what do you think? I'm all you got left. I'm your only last hope. Didn't turn to me first. You, went, you did everything else first. But now, now that I'm all that's left, here I am. You ever think, we, we make statements in our life that says we have no faith. We, we make statements in our life that says, well, you know, God, you're really not first. Or, you know, God, 
We, we make these statements all, and we don't even realize what we're saying. All we can do now is pray. That's all we got left is you, God. Uh, you know, would you be so nice as now that we're in a bind? Uh, I know I haven't prayed in six years, Father, but now that I'm in trouble, now that my only hope that's left is you. And you know, and he'll still do it. That's how he is if we have faith. But it's hard to have faith when we live from that approach. Think about it. I want you to think, how much have you prayed in the last seven days? In the last week since Easter, you know, the resurrection happened. How much have you talked to Jesus this week? See, I believe that if you don't pray much, it shows that you don't believe God's active. You don't believe God's involved. You don't believe God can. I, I really think that's what it means. In fact, I think if you pray for some really big and powerful things in your life, it shows that you believe you serve a big and a powerful God. I think the size of your request reveals the size of your faith. I think it does. Start asking for God. If you, you know, the funny thing is you ask for a bunch of little stuff that can happen anyway. There's no faith in that. God, I know if I can have a McDonald's hamburger for lunch, that it's you. That ain't Jesus. I, I love, what I really love is how people pray, you know. Well, I prayed, you know, lunch, breakfast, supper, and, 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 and you know, I prayed that Jesus would bless my Taco Bell and Ding Dongs at lunch. And that they'd be nourishment to my body. Well, it might take faith for that to be nourishment to your body. And, but, but the deal is, we, we, we tend to, we limit God in our lives. And we say, Lord, you know, pray my... Bless my ding-dongs and bless my Taco Bell. And, Lord, let me have a Twinkie about 8 o'clock tonight. Bless it, too. And, and we pray this stuff, and, and then we ask, Lord, let us lose weight. <laughs> well, well, the deal is that don't, uh, that don't work. That kind, we, we, we ask God, well, God, you're going to just miraculously make me skinny. No, he's not going to do that. I know I need to go to the gym and work out. I hate the gym. The gym hates me. It does. I make the bench sweaty. The bench, like, get off of me. If all you ask is for little things, they're probably going to happen. That's not faith. Lord, bless my trip today. I'm going to California. Bless, bless me as I drive to California today, Father. Well, nine out of ten people are probably a hundred... 999 out of 1,000 people driving to California are going to get there safe. It's not really faith. Now, should we not pray for those things? Yes, we need to pray for all those things. But we need to be asking God for some big things in, in your life. Like I asked God, I said, God, I want the perfect place to make a home in Angleton for me and my family. I want the perfect place. I want the perfect piece of land. And I've been praying that, and it didn't happen right away. And it happened in the time frame I wanted it to happen. And I've been believing God for it. And, and we, go, we go look for property, and we're looking for property everywhere, and we're looking here, and we're looking there, and like, okay, God, I, I want to pull my hair out. Houses in Angleton. We saw a house that was 20 years old, 2,100 square feet, and they wanted smell like dead cat urine inside. And they wanted, they wanted $280,000 for this 2,100 square foot house with small three bedrooms. And I'm like, 
I can't afford that. God, you've got to do a miracle. And so we just driving around. And, and so I'm looking, I look online all the time, looking at property. And maybe one day Jesus is going to drop. Jesus, you hear me? I need a piece of property or a house. This 1,400 square foot apartment with three boys is driving me nuts. I need space. You know I need space. I need a bigger refrigerator, guys. This apartment came with a refrigerator like this big. That's like my kid's lunchbox. <laughs> Have you seen them? They're Sasquatches. And uh, my 15-year-old 6'2". And he eats like he's seven foot three. But, you know, and so I'm believing God for this. And, you know, at the right time, just kept believing, kept praying. Uh, two lots down from me sold for $95,000. I bought these two lots for $50,000. And uh, paid cash. Because God blesses me. And I'll tell you a secret. By the end of the year, I'll tithe more off of blessings this year. Then I'll tithe off of what my actual income is. Because God is faithful to do all these things He's promised to do. But you have to have faith. A faith that honors God is a faith that believes even though it doesn't see. The second kind of faith that God honors is a faith that persists when nothing changes. When nothing changes, a faith that continues to believe no matter what. The guys just keep walking. Jesus just keeps walking. They follow him anyway. They go into the house with him. If they would just say, well, he's ignored me. He went into the house. And I'm sure for them it wasn't, it wasn't easy to find the door. They ain't never been in this house before. They're blind. But they're persistent. There's something about persistency. The Bible gives us lots of examples. Uh, I had a good friend uh, growing up named Derek Freeman. He's running for mayor of Port Arthur right now. But his dad, Ford, was a character. And we, we take this big church trip to Arizona to go to Tommy Barnett's church. And, and uh, he said, I'm going to meet Tommy Barnett. I said, you ain't going to get close to Tommy Barnett. And this guy's crazy. He said, oh, yeah, I am. I said, you want to meet him? I said, you know, whatever, Ford. <laughs> and so uh, he said, well, Bishop needs to meet Tommy Barnett. I need to hook them two up together. <laughs> I said, okay, whatever. About 30 minutes later, here comes Ford Freeman dragging Tommy Barnett by the hand and said, I told him he got to meet my pastor. <laughs> he said, Bishop, here he is, here he is. Look, Ryan, who's that? Tommy Barnett. Because he was persistent. He didn't let Tommy Barnett tell him no. He told Tommy Barnett, you need to meet my pastor. He's a man of God, and y'all need to hook up together. He went and grabbed Tommy Barnett off the platform after church and drug him over there to meet Bishop. We were at the bus getting on the bus, and Tommy Barnett comes running to the outside of the bus with him to meet Bishop. That's how persistent this guy was. Now, Tommy Barnett was probably thinking, it's a crazy group of people, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> you know? And so he met Bishop, but he was persistent. In Colossians 4, 2, it says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Vigilance is persistence. You've got to be persistent 
And you got to be thankful even when it doesn't happen. You start thanking God for your miracle ahead of time. God, I thank you that there's rain down there. I thank you, Father, that your anointing is on this piece of property. I thank you, Father, it's going to be everything my family needs. I thank you, Father, it's going to be what I've dreamed of. I thank you, Father, it's what, what we need to make things happen. I thank you, Father, my house is going to sell and things are going to be good. And you know what? If my house was sold and it would would have, I mean, before it would have, I, I'd have probably bought something that settled for second best. God made it wait to sell. I waited a year for it to sell. And God's timing was perfect. By the time I got the check, then I found the land, and it all works out because I believe and I know that it will. But, and, but I, I stayed persistent. I didn't let God off on it. God likes it when you're persistent. Listen, there's a widow in the Bible that keeps going to this unrighteous judge over and over and over again. And she bugs the judge so much that he finally rules in her favor. Because he got tired of hearing from her. In, in Luke 11, 5 through 9, it says, Then teaching them more about prayer. This is Jesus teaching the disciples more about prayer. He used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight. Don't come to my house at midnight. Wanting to borrow three loaves of bread, and you say, say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, and he says, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed, and I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Now, isn't that true? If somebody keeps banging on your door over, bang, 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 bang. You're finally going to get up and shoot them or see what they want. And, uh, and the deal is, God said, I want you to be like this. I want you to have shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. This is Jesus speaking to you today. Keep on knocking. Keep on asking. Keep on believing that God will do it in your life. He wants to. He just wants to know you're persistent. He just wants to know you have faith. And he's already set out the time for your request that you've made. He has a time in your future waiting to answer that request. Because his timing is always better than our timing. His way is always better than our way. And his thoughts are definitely a lot greater than my thoughts. And he knows some things that I don't know. So I have to trust. I have to believe, and I have to keep on seeking. What kind of faith moves the heart of God? Well, number one, we said it's the kind of faith that believes even when it cannot see. Number two, it's the kind of faith that persists when nothing changes. And number three, it's a kind of faith that works even when it doesn't make sense. There's things in your life you're going to say, well, this don't make sense. Just pray. Just believe. It doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense. I, if I could tell you all the stories of stuff in my life that didn't make sense, it, it's unreal. But faith, believing that he can do it. 
see, there's a difference between hope and faith. Hope is a desire. Hope is just an inward desire. We all have inward desires. Well, I want this and I want that. But faith is a demonstration. Faith is a demonstration that moves. Faith is a demonstration that acts. Faith is a demonstration that works. And that's what God wants for your life today. James, the brother of Jesus, powerfully describes how Abraham's faith was marked by action. We all know the story of Abraham and Isaac and and how God tells Abraham to take Isaac up onto the hill and to sacrifice him to God. His His only natural son between him and Sarah tells him to take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him. It doesn't make sense. God, this is the promise that you gave me. And you want me to kill your promise in my life? You ever had promises you felt like you had in your life and you just felt like they died? Don't give up on them. Don't let them die. Abraham says, well, you know what? No matter what, I'm going to trust you, God. No matter what, I'm going to believe in you. So Abraham, what's he do? He, he gathers rope. He gathers wood. He sharpens his knife. He takes his son up the mountain. Doesn't make sense what God's told him to do. He says, I got faith that I serve a God that is good, and he's fair, and he's just. And he takes him up on the mountain. He lays him across the altar. We all know the story. He takes the knife, and he's about to sacrifice him. And God says, stop. And he provides a ram in the bush. And he just wanted to see how faithful Abraham was. Sometimes God just wants to see how faithful we'll be, even when we're going through times in our life. That don't make sense. In James 2, 22 through 23, he says, you see, his faith and his actions work together. Wow. Abraham's faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete. What made his faith complete? His actions. Sometimes we got to act on stuff. You can't say, well, God, just give me a piece of land. I never look online. I never drive around neighborhoods. And I'm probably never going to find a piece of land. It's like being a blind mouse looking for a pecan tree out in the middle of a field. You know, it, it, it's, not, it's not easy to find. I might get lucky and stumble across a pecan. But, but the deal is, it, it, takes, it takes faith, me putting action with my faith, putting some works with my faith. This is what James is saying here, the brother of Jesus. He said, his actions made his faith complete. Sometimes it's our actions that make our faith complete. And so it happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God, and God counted him righteous because of his faith. And he was even called the friend of God. I want to be a friend of God. I want to put actions with my faith. I want to put, I want to put, I want to put all my faith out there through my actions. I want you to see my faith with me. I want to bless those who are, who are homeless. I want to bless those who need clothes. That's why we're doing our clothes drive. Put a little action. You want, to see, you want to see people healed? You want to see people changed? I'll tell you the easiest way to see somebody change is they don't have nothing to wear and you give them some clothes. They're, they're changed. Put some action with your faith. Go buy some new shirts to give them at Walmart. Go give them some old stuff. Say, I went shopping this week just for you. See somebody on the side of the street uh, that, that's begging for food? Don't just let them beg. Say, you know what? I'm just going to step out in a little bit of faith. I'm going to give them 
Give them some food. Now look, look here. I'm going to tell you all a secret, okay? Don't just give people on the street corner cash. Because some of them have addictions. Some of them have things in their life need to be broken off. Well, get a gift card to McDonald's. Get, get a gift card somewhere where they can't buy alcohol, can't buy, can't buy stuff they say don't need. Or, or go buy them a food and just give it to them. Go buy them a hotel room if you need to. But put some, you, sometimes we've got to put a little action with, with our faith. And we, we can make a difference, but, but we have to put action and works with our faith. You know, you can't heal yourself. You can't do life. You can't do life all by yourself. You gotta have. You gotta have help. I need help with this microphone. I'm gonna believe God that it heals itself right now. Lord, touch this microphone. I thought I was through with these microphones. I bought a new one. I put some action with my faith. I bought a new one, and I'm still acting up. But what you can, you know, we can't heal ourselves, but what we can do is we can seek him. We can follow after him. We can go to the best doctor that we can find. We can, we can change our diet. We can do things differently. We can, we can believe God to heal us, and, and that's fine and good. But sometimes we have to put a little action with our faith. And you say, well, uh, you know, my wife and I are having problems, Pastor. Things aren't going good. And so I ask people, I say, okay, well, you believe God can heal your marriage? Well, yes, Pastor. Well, what are you doing about it? Well, I came to see you. I said, well, that's a good step. I said, but you need to, you need to go see a counselor? I said, what's the problems in your marriage? Name this, this, and this, and this. I said, well, can we change this, this, and this, and this? And they'll, they'll look at me and say, well, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I want to change that. Well, I don't know if you want to be married or not. The deal is we have to put action with our faith. It doesn't, faith just doesn't happen. We have to build it. We have to put action with it. You know, you can continue to go to wrong websites. You can continue to do bad things in your life. You can continue to sin. Or you can say, you know what, I need help. Somebody help me. Put a blocker on your internet. Put a blocker in your life. Put somebody that you can pray with, somebody you can believe with. As long as you leave stuff in the darkness, it will stay there. Bring it to light. And nobody wants to judge you. We don't want to be judged. We just want to help you. God wants to help you. You need help in your life? Come see us. Give me another microphone, Jim. I believe that God wants to touch you where you're at today. I believe that God wants to build your faith. You know, I, I've had lots of people come down to the altar over the years. I was in Nederland. I had a precious guy named Randy. and He walked up to me and said, Pastor, I've been fighting this thing with my arm, and I haven't been able to lift it over this high in, in two years. I said, will you believe that he's able to do this for you? I said, because, you know, it's, it's not me, Randy. It's only him. I'm just a vessel. But do you believe he can heal your arm? And Randy said, well, Pastor, I can believe. I said, well, by your faith, he made whole. We prayed over him. He came up to me the following Wednesday night. He said, Pastor, look at this. He can move his arm. 
Uh, Tracy was getting ready to take Macy not too long ago to the eye doctor. And she put on, what's the eye doctor going to tell me? That he's blind? I'm not, she's blind? I already know that. I said, no, the eye doctor's going to tell you that she can see. There's the eye doctor. Macy can see. They told Tracy and Mike that her, her nerves and her eyes were dead. She was blind forevermore. There was no hope, no surgery, nothing else that would work in her life. Well, I want to tell you a secret. When there's no hope, when there's nothing else left that can be done, there's still a God. And He's still faithful, and He's still just. And sometimes you need to get to that place where there's no hope left. So they can really be a miracle. When, when modern medicine can't fix it, and a doctor can't fix it, and people can't fix it, when only God can fix it, don't say, well, all I can do is pray. No, you can do more than that. Go take her back to the doctor. That's what Tracy did. Took her back to the doctor, and the doctor said, let's just get this. She just needs some glasses. That's all this girl needs. You know, they used to tell her that Macy, I can remember praying for Macy. They used to tell her that Macy Macy couldn't, would never move her legs, and she just sat there and never moved her legs before. I remember one Sunday morning, we prayed over Macy. Macy, we went to the, went to the Chinese restaurant, and, and uh, Macy starts kicking her legs and moving her legs. And, you know, well, of course we'd like Macy to get out of that wheelchair and run all at one time. But God's got to build some muscles first. God's got to let her be able to see when she does start walking. And you know what? So we just keep believing for Macy. It hasn't all happened at one time. She's still in her wheelchair. She's shaking her head no at Pastor Ryan right now. I still love you, Macy, and God's going to heal you, and you're getting out of that chair one day, sweetie. But faith is more than just hope. It's actions. I continue to pray over that girl. We continue to love that girl. And I know that one day that girl is going to run, that girl is going to play, and God's going to totally heal her. He's doing a little bit at a time. We keep having miracle after miracle after miracle. She just had surgery on her hip. And uh, I'm glad they did surgery. They're getting it all straightened up for when God gets her out of the chair. We're ready for it. But sometimes your faith, you just got to keep believing. You just got to know that God will do it for you. And he will. Had a little baby, Amelia Grace. Uh, Jeannie brought her to me on a uh, on a uh, Wednesday, I think it was a Wednesday night, and said, Pastor, I want you to pray over Amelia Grace. She's she's having heart surgery this week. Now she's like she's like 12, 13 months old. She's gonna have heart surgery this week. She's had a hole in her heart since she was born. They've been waiting to fix it. And and they're gonna do surgery this week. Will you pray over her? I said, okay, let's pray. I said, Father, I just thank you, Father, that you're going to heal Amelia Grace right now, that the power of your Holy Spirit is moving through her body as we speak, and that her heart is lining up to your word, Father. And then when the doctors go to do surgery, they're going to find nothing. They took that little baby to, to have surgery, and they were doing, they were going to go with, they ran some more tests just to make sure the hole was exactly where they thought it was right before they went in. They, they did the scans, and they said, we don't know what's happened here, but we don't need to do surgery. There's no hole in this little girl's heart. Because God wanted to heal that little girl and give her a testimony one day. And so four months later, they take Amelia Grace. She's had a hernia. They didn't tell me about the hernia. They take her to the doctor for the hernia, and they said, you know, the weirdest thing is we can't find no hernia either. God healed her heart. He healed her hernia. Healed everything at one time. 
totally healed. She got adopted, totally great life going now. Everything's going great in her life. She was so skinny, looked with such a pitiful excuse of a poor little baby. Sad looking to look at her. Got big old chunky cheeks now, healthy, running around because she had a caretaker in her life, a foster mom in her life that was willing to believe that our God is able. Stand with me today as David comes. I believe that we serve a God that's able to answer any prayer that you may have. Maybe it's something simple. Maybe it's like I've been praying for my brother, or I've been praying for my sister, or I've been praying for my aunt. Maybe it's something simple like that, or or maybe you're saying, well, pastor, you know, I, I, have, I have a tumor that I'm believing God's going to take away, or I have some kind of growth, and it kind of scares me. Just believe. Believe he can do it, and I promise you, he will. As they sing today, let's close our eyes and let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Father, you give us persistent faith. That even though it may not happen the minute we knock on the door, Father, we just keep knocking. Father, we become so persistent in prayer. We'd ask for some big things in our life, Father. We wouldn't wait to the last moment and say, well, all we can do now is pray. Father, we... We stand before you today and we give it straight to you, Father. We put you first, even in our needs. We put you first, even in our requests, Father. I thank you, Father, that what you want to do in people today, Father, do it in these people that are standing here today, Father. That you're able to touch them. You're able to heal them. You're able to do it all right now and right here today. (laughs) 